Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. Great news for the American people. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Featuring Stephanie Bell, News Director Brian Houseworth, John Marsh, and Hannah the Producer. This is why we listen to you. Get ready, pal. And now, here's your host, Brandon Rathert. January 31st, 10.32 p.m., 2020. So, right at the get-go, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson, which says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. The next day, he gets another email from Dr. Gary. Now, these are doctors he's handed out our tax dollars to over the years. Dr. Gary's email says, I don't know how this happens in nature. It would be easy to do in a lab. That same day, February 1st, 2020. So, again, right at the start, that same day, Dr. Fauci organizes a conference call. Him and Dr. Collins get on there with Dr. Gary, Dr. Anderson, all these other virologists, they get on there, and three days later, everybody changes their story. Uh, Interesting. Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan on Fox over the weekend. Chatting with Maria Bartiromo on Fox Television saying, listen, so we have this. You got a doctor saying, yeah, this is not something we think that it can emerge from nature. From nature, there's an exchange of emails. They all get together and all of a sudden, oh, things are way different. And I don't know who I hold more accountable. Some of these people like uh, Dr. Fauci or the news outlets who would criticize people like me or criticize people like Stephanie Bell. And we would dare ask the question, where is it possible? Possible that the virus came from a lab. Is that possible? We were lambasted. We were criticized. We were vilified for even daring to ask the question because that's just what progressives do. If you don't agree with something they think, boom, they made it political. They made us out to be heathens. Hmm. And this right after a report had come out about a week and a half ago saying, yeah, right now, the lab leak theory right now is the most likely theory the most likely origin for the covid virus and i don't know who we should hold more responsible on politicians media who is it want to bring in congressman uh blaine lukemeyer joining us on the show congressman welcome in glad you could be here you guys have this new information you and your colleagues what's next as it relates to the origins of covid yeah, good morning, Brandon. Thanks for having us. Well, I think we're going to continue to investigate and, and try and prove more um, about this situation, continue to unveil uh, as much as we can about the what all went on around this. I know that, you know, you made a comment a minute ago with regards to uh, – being put down by by the media when you suggested something i can tell you having had dr fauci and dr redfield in my committee i served on the COVID committee for a while uh, <clears throat> talking to dr redfield off the record before the, the thing started the meeting started was very in- instrumental or very instructive because he would uh, be pretty forthcoming about stuff that uh, is basically coming out now He's very reluctant to put that on the record, and when you ask Fauci about it, he would immediately dismiss anything you said that could be uh, taken as maybe a, a possibility, but you know uh, there was no science to back it up at that point other than just logic. And so he, he was very uh, dismissive of everything that yeah. <clears throat> we would say that would say, well, it started in a lab. You know, and now we, and, and at the, that point, there would seem to be common sense. But at this point, knowing that it didn't start anyplace else, and we know that the, the, the government was doing the research on COVID, uh, COVID viruses, we know that. We know that they're doing COVID virus uh, research in that lab. And we know that uh, the Chinese have a biological warfare plan with their military. So logically, it would seem to be that this would happen. Yeah. So for people to dismiss that, 
uh, summarily, uh, without any sort of other science to back up their position, uh, is, is quite disingenuous at, at the very least. And here's what I'm wondering is... In in D.C., in the hallways, that's why we enjoy having you on. You give us the backdoor stuff. We kind of get what's happening in the hallways. Is there, like, Democrats that you're rubbing elbows with? Are they going, oh, this, 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 the latest findings from the Department of Energy, it's BS. What is their reaction? Because they are the ones that made this a political thing. What are they saying? Are you getting any sense from them? Oh, there's a few of them behind the scenes that will, will admit that we're probably right. Um, most of them are still uh, down in the gutter with that with that sort of mentality that, you know, regardless of what comes out, they're going to support the administration position on it. They're not going to, you know, they keep throwing science in your face all the time with all the other issues. But yet when science shows what this is all about, then they ignore it. So, it, you know, they're very hip- hypocritical about the way they, they pick and choose what information they want to. All right. you know, support what information they want to tout and how they want to portray it. So, yeah, most of those folks are still deniers at this point. But, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's a few of them coming around, especially on the China stuff. But um, they're, they're, they're just not there yet on this other one, on the, on the COVID stuff. Our guest this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, Congressman <laughs> Blaine Lukemeyer. Congressman, talk to us about the new select committee on China that you're serving on and the testimony you got one day last week from a from a woman, I guess, who'd been in a Chinese labor camp. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, one of the three priorities of the speaker this year is the investigation of China and all things China. Uh, myself and Andy Barkin from Kentucky are two representatives from the Financial Services Committee that are there to give those folks a perspective and background on the financial and economic part of the weaponization of the their Chinese economy and how they fund themselves. So it's been uh, very interesting, as you say, the late, that we had a lady in our, in our hearing last week who was an actual uh, detainee in their in their um, prison camps. She was in prison for four years uh, <clears throat> for two different stretches, and she was a uh, protester at the Ten- Tiananmen Square uh, event back uh, in the early 90s. So she's been through the ringer. She understands the, the depth of the uh, uh, oppression of the Chinese government. And again, I think we need to make sure we always talk about two different things here. The Chinese Communist Party is slash the government of China, and they are in charge and oppressing the rest of the Chinese people. It takes about $300 billion a year for the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, to oppress the people of their country with building new detention camps, surveilling them, um, you know, and, and taking care of those folks. So uh, this is a really major, major undertaking, and this the Chinese take it very seriously. And this, this lady was able to let us sort of look behind the curtain, so to speak, about how they oppress people and uh, how they really think. You know, they don't view the Chinese people. They fear the Chinese people, uh, their government does, because they know that if the Chinese people ever became empowered, they would overthrow this government in a heartbeat. So, well, our, you know, our job is is to continue to investigate, to uh, expose the Chinese government, i.e. the Communist Party here, and empower the Chinese people as best we can from, a, from the outside. But that being said, we have to understand that we, the American people, are actually supplying the money that underpins this entire operation by the Chinese government through our investments in China, 
through our um, our trade with China. I mean, it's in the trillions of dollars, and they use all those dollars to build up their military, weaponize their economy against us, and, and by subsidizing their manufacturing against our manufacturing, and then oppressing their own people. So you think about that, we're actually paying the Chinese to undermine our own manufacturing uh, in this country. It, it, it blows your mind. Congressman, I appreciate Congressman, appreciate your time. Two-part question. Obviously, you mentioned the speaker. Any chance he's going to be coming to Columbia, which is now part of your district? Uh, we haven't had a speaker here that, that I can remember. I know John Boehner, when he was speaker, came to Jefferson City. That's been several years ago. And two, you filed this flood bill. to Basically, it's aimed at lowering flood insurance costs with the NFIP. What's your gut feeling on that? That's a bipartisan bill. Yeah, with regards to uh, Speaker uh, McCarthy coming to Central Missouri, I've offered him the opportunity a couple times already. I'm not an endangered uh, representative. He goes usually where he our members are endangered to try and shore up the numbers and help raise money for him. Um, I'm trying to think about how I can attract him here, quite frankly, see once if we can get him here in Central Missouri. But we'll that's we'll see what we can do with regards to the flood bill. Uh, I had this bill uh, kind of worked up, ready to go about six years ago when I was the chairman of the Housing and Insurance Committee, which is where the flood insurance uh, bill or the flood insurance program is. And uh, we're kind of resurrecting that thing. I'm back on the committee again and uh, trying to get some discussion going on it. This is one where uh, it costs the taxpayers literally billions of dollars a year to underwrite this thing, which we should never be doing. That should be, and I have proved already, I've got the, the documents and the calculations to show that it could be self-supporting, uh, that the private market has got enough um, wherewithal to be able to underwrite the flood insurance program. There are enough private insurers out there now to be able to move people to the private marketplace. Uh, so, and, and, and there's not a, a problem with them taking some of the super high risk stuff either. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a very bipartisan problem. Uh, when we get to talking about flood insurance, also I've got a few Republican colleagues that get their their dander up a little bit. So uh, it's a problem we're going to have to work through, but we need to start the discussion. The American taxpayers are on the hook, and we put in billions and billions of dollars to help people live in houses along the coast who, when they flood, uh, are continually rebuilt over and over again. That's nonsense. It's got to stop. So we're trying to offer the beginning of a, a discussion point here and get something done. Do you? We recently talked about during the McCarthy election how uh, there were a number of C-SPAN uh, cameras allowed on the House floor that kind of provided additional insights to those of us who aren't there. Um, there's been a little bit of push in the last month to maybe keep the House floor open to additional cameras. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to be there to understand my comment here. But the the shenanigans that went on during the Speaker's race. Uh, which were witnessed on TV, the folks who were the naysayers were there not because they were working on issues, not because they had a uh, a bone to pick with the, the speaker per se, but for their own benefit. They would be on the floor, make a statement, and run right out the back door to the media bank of microphones and stand in front of the cameras and beat their chest and say what, what great citizens they are, what great Americans they are, and then go back home and raise money off that. That this this was the most self-serving uh, situation you've ever seen, and if you want to see more of it, you want to see more politicians. This is why you don't allow 
uh, cameras in the courtrooms, or you shouldn't anyway. Uh, These guys will just get up, and they will. it's all about them. It's not about the issue. At the end of the day, they didn't get anything when it came to additional rules. They got two little things that amounted to a hill of beans um, from the standpoint of effectiveness of being able to over to run the floor. And this was all about themselves being able to sell themselves so they could go out and raise money and become more important. It's amazing. So you want more of that? Put cameras in the chamber. And then all we have is a show. So let me ask you this, Congressman. So if we had more cameras in the chamber, we would have been able to see people, let's say, like Matt Gates come in, make his news bite sound clip, and then walk back out and go tell the media about it instead of staying in there conducting business? <laughs> yeah, well, if you followed him out, that's what you would have seen because Matt is, you know, he, he, Matt made the comment when he came to Congress that he wanted to become the Congress and become famous and get his own TV show. His parents are very wealthy. His dad's a, a lawyer. They built him a studio in their own home in their basement so that he could perfect his his ability to perform in front of the camera. So he is the poster child for these guys. He's a, he he doesn't even belong to the Freedom Caucus. Uh, He's crazy. They don't even he doesn't even belong to the Freedom Caucus. So when people use Matt Gates as a, as an example of of who we need to be like. I'm sorry. That is not who we need to be like. Uh, very well. My time in Florida, I spent not quite 10 years in Pensacola, Florida, and his uh, father, <laughs> Representative Don Gates, was our rep, so he was on our show a lot. And then Matt Gates was involved in some local politics, so I'm very familiar with uh, both Matt Gates and his father, Don Gates. Congressman Blaine Lukemeyer, always appreciate when you uh, come on the show and are open and honest about some of the things that we don't get to see on the TV about what's happening in D.C. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Always fun, guys. Take care. All right. We'll see you. It's pretty interesting. Coming up, Morning Hot Bell. Takes. Uh, business news with a little twist. Only Stephanie Bell can give you what do you have for us, Steph? Well, we usually focus on the U.S. economy, but.